podcast this is episode 31 and i have an announcement to make i have solved racism that's right and with only three facebook posts that's right three facebook posts racism is solved everyone can go back to what you were doing relax nothing left to see here if you have any other issues you'd like me to handle I'd be sure, sure she would be happy to handle that with for you too. World peace, hunger, war, famine. I can handle it all with just Facebook. Donald Trump even. I can fix that. <laughs> just, just kidding. Today we're going to talk about uh, related issues to racism. Some maybe a little more uh, specific and helpful than just... Um, some Facebook rants that we're all used to seeing right now and maybe even posting yourself. Maybe I can be a little helpful to you. Uh, today I want to talk about two words, culpability and responsibility. I think these two words are going to be very important for us going forward for us to think about and then a little personal illustration to help explain it. So let's get into it. So there's a lot of outcry right now from the black community about injustice and with good reason. <clears throat> and my response has been uh, that we should be listening to that and we should be as helpful as we can in that. We should care about it uh, as the these this very large minority in our country is crying out and expressing their pain to the rest of the world and sort of waving a flag and saying, Hey, this is, uh, there's some things happening to us that are really, really not right. We should listen to that. And one of the issues that's come up that I've noticed, um, in the people that I talk to and listen to and on social media, one of the issues I've noticed come up is that, this this question of kind of collective guilt and who's guilty of what and how should what should we do about it it's a complicated issue and what i'm going to say today is not going to solve that that's why i kind of started with that stupid joke about solving racism with a facebook post that's about as silly as saying i can solve racism with a podcast episode <laughs> Um, however, I think we should all be taking a stab at it, right? We should be thinking about these things and trying to think clearly about it. And this is just one aspect. This idea of that, that white people are guilty in some way of racism and must make amends or repent or express personal guilt in some way. That's, that's a strong message that's out there right now. And it's something we need to think about. Some people in the majority culture agree with that idea, and some people don't. There's a lot of discussion happening, some of it smart, insightful discussion, some of it not so much. But it is a conversation that's happening right now, and I think it needs to happen. Um, I think it might help if we think about the meaning of two words. I started out mentioning those culpability and responsibility. Those are really good words to learn. They're good vocabulary words. Um, but there's a, 
There's some overlap in the meaning of those two words, but there's also some important differences that I think it will help us think through these things for ourselves. Um, so quick definitions. Culpability is responsibility for fault or wrong or blame. Okay. Responsibility is the state or fact of having a duty to deal with something. Okay. The very simple definitions. But that's basically what those two words mean. There's, so there's some overlap there, obviously, but there's some key differences. So culpability involves direct blame or build. By the way, culpability is also a term used in law. I'm not really using it in that sense, but it is interesting if you just Google that word in terms of how lawyers use it. It's also interesting to look at that. There's some different shades of meaning there. But I just mean culpability means blame or guilt. You are to blame for something. Responsibility has with uh, has to do with duty, the duty to deal with something or to fix something. Okay, as in take responsibility for that. Right. So culpability equals blame. Responsibility equals duty. And it might be helpful for all of us to think in those broad categories. I think and find a balance point for ourselves in there um, between the two. For example, if I'm going to deny culpability for something. In this case, we're talking about racism, but maybe we shouldn't think that broadly, maybe specific things in the culture, specific issues or specific events, specific ideas. Um, culpability would say I'm to blame for that. Responsibility would say it's my duty to fix it. I think those are two different things. And I don't think a lot of people are really thinking through that. They're just, shouting at each other like a bunch of screeching parrots, right? That's what that's what social media feels like to me right now. Just a bunch of parrots screeching at each other and nobody's stopping and listening and no one's stopping and thinking very much. Um just parroting what other people say. And so if we think about these two words, um to deny culpability, meaning blame, there's also a need to consider taking responsibility on the other side of that. I don't think it's an option to deny both, and I'm going to get to that in a second, at least for the Christian. But just initially, just thinking about these two ideas, unless you're the victim, you can't, I don't, it's, you either, if you're going to deny culpability, you need to embrace some level of responsibility, right? And I'm going to explain that in a second, because I think it's a biblical idea. So just to give myself an example, as I've been thinking about, these issues lately, especially after the murder of George Floyd, that whole situation is horrific. And I think if you're a thinking, intelligent, and just all around good person, you're at least asking the question and searching your heart right now where you fit in all of this, where you fit in the current narrative of history. So I've been thinking about that myself and trying to open myself up to the Holy Spirit to to come and search my heart and and reveal anything in my own heart and life and thoughts and that that's just not what he wants, right? I think most people are doing that right now and it's a good thing. So kind of the place I've come to is I've you know I've been thinking about this issue is I was raised to enjoy the differences between me and other cultures. How I was raised. 
I wasn't raised to be tribalistic, which is really what's happening. Um, the word racism is not particularly accurate. Um, I understand why everyone's using it. Um, but I w tribalism is more what's happening is we're everyone's separating off into their groups and some are by skin color. But really, that's as much that's as not much about skin color as it is about culture, right? And so it's a it's a war between cultures and subcultures, and it's ugly. I wasn't raised to be that way. I wasn't raised to be nationalistic. My outlook on the world is is kingdom centered, Christ centered. Um, I was raised to be grateful to God for every blessing that I have, of which I have many. I don't see, and I have wasn't taught to see my the advantages that I have in life as being something that's a reward for my awesomeness. It's it's only and strictly only a gift from God. The fact that I was not born somewhere else at a different time, where you know that that I wasn't born as a black woman in South Africa in the seventies. Um, is not because I'm awesome. It's because God did what he did. Okay. I didn't earn that and I don't own it and it's a blessing. And I'm to use that, those advantages to be a source of blessing to the world and encouragement to the body of Christ. And uh, my life is to be spent in service to the kingdom of God. Um. So I was raised to stick up for people and use whatever power I have to love people and not exclude them. That's how that's that's always been my outlook on the world. Um, however, right as I search my heart and invite the Holy Spirit in to shine a light in my heart, there are a couple of things that I have come to see in recent weeks and months. I do find that I what what I haven't done, what I've failed to do, is to listen attentively to what the black community has been saying. It's not like the African American community has all of a sudden been saying something they haven't been saying before. Maybe right now they're saying it a little louder, but I haven't been listening very attentively. I haven't cared enough to listen attentively. So I haven't listened attentively, therefore I haven't cared enough about them at all, therefore I've not listened enough to them. And I say it that way, I haven't listened, therefore I haven't cared, therefore I haven't listened, because I think listening to someone and caring about them kind of feed each other. I don't know which comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? I don't know which comes first, listening or caring. But those are two places where I think I have... Fail. There have been moments over the last decade, at least, where I have felt the stirring of the Holy Spirit towards compassion and empathy towards people of color in my community and in my world. Um, and I have not stopped doing what I'm doing to turn aside, so to speak, and listen to what God is saying about this, at least with any kind of urgency, or listen to what the pe people of color around me are saying about their experience of life and culture of the United States. And so where I think I have failed in my own life is not caring enough and not listening enough. 
So though I'm not a racist, right? Uh, I have not, I have fallen short. Okay. And I think a lot of people, especially people kind of in my sphere of life and culture, uh, probably would might say the same thing if they're honest. And so it's very hard, I think, because the way the world is talking about these issues is very black and white. It's very, you're either a racist or you're absent or you're not. Right. And, and I think so. So it becomes very difficult for people sort of like me to find the, the place where they fit in that scheme because it's a very rigid scheme right now. Um, so as for my part, I haven't cared enough, so I haven't listed enough, so I haven't cared enough, right? That's, that cycle of caring and listening has not been very healthy in my own life. And with this issue, I've listened to a lot of other things, right? And so I would say I'm not culpable, for example, go back to those two words, I'm not culpable in the killing of George Floyd. But I do believe I'm responsible to be a part of dealing with the fallout of that event and all in so many events just like it. I don't personally, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't personally a part of that. Um, so I'm not culpable for it. There's nothing for me to repent for in that case, but there is something for me to take responsibility for. And I think that's important for us to get. That's why I bring up those two words. I would ask you to consider that maybe that option is not available to you, meaning the option to say, I am neither culpable nor am I responsible. Unless you're a victim. But it's, that's, even that's interesting, isn't it? Because what God tells even the victim is that they also have a responsibility, and that, that responsibility is to forgive. And that forgiveness honors God and releases them from the threat of bitterness setting in in their own heart. But the reason why I think we don't have the option to not take any responsibility is because that's not what Jesus did. Even if you search your heart and you, and you say, you know what? I'm not a racist, right? And maybe you're out there watching this and you are, and there's some real anger and hatred and, or whatever, some, some, some real issue in your heart towards people of color, well, that you need to repent of that and begin to walk your way out of that, to, to receive the forgiveness of God, the cleansing, of the, the cleansing of God, and to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, to soften your heart, to, to reach out to all sorts of people and address those issues in your heart. But I think most people, especially most people watching this, are not in that category. They're sort of in this in-between place. So I just want to point out a couple of scriptures to you um, about this issue of taking responsibility. Instead of saying, you know what, man, I, I'm, not, I'm not a racist. This has got nothing to do with me. Just I wish everybody would just chill out and I, I can go back to work and do my thing and just leave me alone. I want things to go back to normal. I don't think that's a Christian option for a couple of reasons. The main one is Jesus in two different places. I want to show you a scripture here. Second Corinthians 5. This is a quick one, and then I got a longer one in Matthew. Second Corinthians 5, 21. This is Paul's talking about Jesus and the way Jesus reconciled us 
to God and reconciled us to each other through his death and resurrection. At the end of that section, he says in verse 21, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is really powerful. Because what he's saying is that Jesus so identified with us. Okay, we're the sinners. He was sinless. And he looked at us and he says, I've got to re- I want to reconcile them to God and reconcile them to each other. And the way he did that, what he's, he's so identified with us and he so took responsibility for our sin that he became sin for us. And in turn, we get to become righteous. Talk about taking responsibility. This is what Jesus did on a cosmic scale, on an unimaginable cosmic scale. This is what Jesus did for us. Is he, so, he said, that's not my problem. Jesus wasn't culpable for our sin, but he took responsibility for it and entered into it so completely that he became sin for us so that we could become his righteousness. There's another scripture that kind of talks about this in reverse in Matthew 25. Starting in verse 31, let me scroll down here. Look at this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. This is at the return of Christ at the end of days, right? And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. That's Christians and non-Christians. Verse 34, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was, look at this, for I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger And welcome you, or naked, and clothe you. And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to the one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. What are we to make of this? What's my point? So this stepping into responsibility, even when there may may or may not be culpability involved, this stepping into responsibility that Jesus did for us works also in the reverse, from us to him. 
Jesus so identifies with the weak and the marginalized that we do to them what we do to them, we do to him. So to neglect them, to not take responsibility, to not see it as our duty as Christians to reach out and serve and listen and love and have mercy and minister mercy to those who are downtrodden, brokenhearted, weak, and ostracized. To fail to do that is to fail to do it to Jesus. To not love the poor is to not love Jesus. That's how Jesus takes it, because he so identifies with them. Those are strong words. The body of Christ, regardless of what tribe we belong to, is called to minister to Christ by ministering to the brokenhearted. That's another way to phrase it, I think. This means being willing to wade into problems that we didn't start, that we are not culpable for, to wade into those problems and take responsibility for those problems in the world around us. In order to do that, we must be attentive listeners. This goes back to where I started. We have to be willing to turn aside and hear the cries of the brokenhearted. We're not willing to do that in in whatever capacity we can in the lives we lead with the friends that we have and the circle of influence that we live in. We're not willing to do that if we deny culpability and responsibility, then we are not acting like Jesus. This doesn't mean that we go around repenting for things that we're not, that we're not, that we didn't sin, right? Fake repentance is not helpful, it's hurtful. It's patronizing. But I think it helps, it's helpful, I think, to think more carefully and to open our hearts up more more fully to what God might be saying to us in these days, instead of just going around with spouting empty words, um, not not actually thinking about what it is we're culpable for and what it is God has called us to be responsible for. And I can't answer that question for you. I just can't do it. I don't. That's an individual thing in in every individual's relationship with God and with other people that they have to seek out themselves. So my encouragement to you today is to search your heart. Let the light of Christ shine into it. If he shows you some area of culpability, of blame, then repent and move on, okay? But move on to some level of stepping into responsibility that God has called you to, that Jesus is leading you into. To take responsibility like, you know, maybe you begin with prayer, making friends with people that aren't like you if you haven't already done that. Begin to listen and listen carefully and openly and compassionately. That's what I'm doing. Right now I'm meeting with pastors in our town and asking questions and listening. We're having discussions and praying together and seeking God's uh, freedom and blessing on each other's churches and on our city, the city that we live in, in Kernersville, North Carolina. That's what we're doing. I'm just listening, and I'm waiting for God to lead me to the next step. It's very simple. Just leaning in to those relationships, leaning in to those budding friendships, 
across the body of Christ and just letting God see, let, just waiting to see where God takes it, see where it leads. Amen? So I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're opening yourself up to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I hope you're open to stepping into a mess you did, maybe you didn't start. I hope you're willing to step into that in the way Jesus did for you. So that in that day, at the end of days, and we're standing before him, he would say to you and to me, you listened and you loved and you served the brokenhearted in your city, in your life. And when you did that, you did it unto me. Wouldn't it be great to hear him say that to us? That's my plan. That's what I'm shooting for. Love you guys. We'll see you soon.